I think what engineering taught me is kind of like that mindset. When I was coding, if my code's not running, I'm not going to re-implement the same exact code, right? I'm not going to just keep running it. I'm going to change the code. I'm, I need to fix the code. I need to change the algorithm. I need to look at it from a different perspective. And then it'll maybe it'll run. Kind of like the same principle I apply to my, my page. If something's not working, if like either not being pushed out or something's not resonating with my followers, I won't keep posting about it. And I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make on social media. They're too afraid to change, to mix things up. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Eriartboard. Welcome, everyone, to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast. And today, Jack interviewed Monica Chandran, who graduated college maybe two or three years ago with an engineering degree and got a job with a software company. But because of COVID, she was working at home. And so she started this business that she didn't even realize it was a business until it completely exploded. Explain, Jack, how she got into this. Yeah, so it really wasn't even a, she wasn't even looking to get into a business. She loved makeup, was a was a passion of hers, and she's dark skinned. She felt as if these the dark skinned community was really underserved when it came to makeup and, and really information about makeup. And so she just was kind of bored, as she said uh, during our interview, and it was like, I'm going to go and just put some stuff out there, put some some of the creative that I'm doing around makeup artistry and and do it consistently. Because prior to that, she really wasn't doing a whole lot of social media. And she started doing it, got picked up. And pretty soon, after three, four, five months of doing this, she had like a million followers. And she's had crazy. a couple of her posts that have been multi-million people that have, have liked it. And now, from that, because she's become this influencer, she literally became an influencer within a, a year or so. Now she's being paid pretty handsomely by these brands that want her to post on on their behalf. So she's an influencer. She gets invited. I think she got invited to some some event in Paris. She gets paid to, to, to promote things. And so she was able to take advantage of a passion, not knowing it would turn into a business. It turned into a business. And the crazy thing is because she learned algorithms and she learned social media and she's really learning social, you know, social media. She got a job, again, because of her engineering background from an educational standpoint, working for a tech company. So she, now she's working at a tech company. She's got a full-time gig, software engineering, something that affect because of what she, she's able to utilize what she learned doing social media plus with her education to get this job. But now she's still an influencer. She's still doing that piece of it. And what's cool about it is that her engineering degree actually helps her with her algorithms on her social media page. So it kind of works both ways. It does. And she's one of the few people, if you've ever met engineers, and no offense to engineers now, but like they, they worked out one side of the but brain. But you're going to offend them right now. So. Well, yeah, they worked that side of the brain, but I've met quite a few that they don't have a personality. They're just kind of like, they're just like, they're, they're just, they work that side of the brain. It's you know, and then, and then there's the opposite, right? If you have a creative type, oftentimes they can't work the other side of the brain mm -hmm. um, when it comes to things like you know, like engineering, software, doing these kinds of things. So she's able to combine, you know, both of those 
to her advantage. And I, I got to say, I really, really liked her. I, I got to spend a little bit of time with her at a, at a Warrior game, gosh, maybe three months prior to me doing the interview with her. And I was just taken aback at how personable um, and how open she was. I mean, it's it's an area that you and I struggle with. Social media is something that you and I just aren't, you know, that good at. And it's something we just don't like doing. But the reality is, as she says, is it just takes consistency. You just got to do a little bit every single day. And when you do it every day, it's like anything else. It's like that with that 10,000 hour rule, you'll eventually become a master at it. But she was able to expedite it because she had a lot of free time. Yeah, she's incredible. So let's listen to what she has to say. Joining me on the Reinvention After 50 podcast by Brand 50 is Monica Ravishandra. And Monica, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so you definitely are not 50. <laughs> you're, you're much younger uh, than our typical guest is. But there's so much that we can learn from folks like you, especially with social media, because you've you know you've had to go do it on your own, and you've had to you know launch it. The thing that I found so amazing with you, and I'll, I'll uh, for transparency, I know Monica's mom. We worked together, done business together, doing business together, and your mom is so proud of you guys, you and your sister. You know, always talking to me about you, and and I had met you one time before at a Giants game, but then you and I spent a lot of time at a Warrior game where I was able to introduce you to your first NBA former player, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Kalen Azabuka, you met him. And actually, he was starstruck when I told him you had over 400,000 TikTok followers. <laughs> but you basically started off engineering. You went to school for engineering. You're super smart. You come from a family of engineers. Your mom was an engineer at Cisco or prior to Cisco, but I know she was an engineer, kind of segued into marketing. Before we get into the huge success that you've had on social media, what was that like? Like, why did you decide to make that uh, that transfer uh, over to social media and being a really successful influencer? Yeah, so it's actually really, I guess, not as intentional as uh, you would think it would be. Like, I know a lot of people that what they do is they're like, I know long term, like this is what I want to do, but then they kind of work towards that. For me, it was kind of by accident almost. I graduated college two years ago from. A little over two years now uh, um, with an engineering degree and I had a software job lined up, but because of COVID, I was stuck at home for a few months and I was really bored and I couldn't study abroad. I was supposed to study around Paris for the summer and that didn't happen. So I was like, oh, like I've always liked makeup and my friends were like, oh, you should start a makeup page. But, but I was never creative with it. Like my makeup was very, very minimal, I would say, but it was always polished. Like, and I always enjoyed doing it. Like I enjoyed the act of putting makeup on more than actually like having it like done, if that makes sense. So it was almost like therapeutic for me, like doing makeup was very just like a therapeutic practice for me and it always made me feel better. And so I was like, oh, like, let me just make this Instagram account. Not really like not not really knowing where it would take me and just keep posting. And I was really like um, alone. I felt pretty lonely during the pandemic. And I just broken up with my like boyfriend. And I was like, Oh, let me like start really posting consistently. And during that summer, but between like, when I graduated, and when my job started, I had four months of just like really learning the algorithm. So I felt like that's where also my engineering skills kind of came into play. Because I felt I feel like for those four months, I like really analyzed the TikTok and Instagram algorithms. And 
right towards the end of that summer, I was like really blowing up because that's also when TikTok was taking off. I had the amazing opportunity to work with TikTok and Instagram where they sponsored a bunch of content for me and then boosted them too. So I got to really learn the algorithm and I, there was no like, like, I guess goal. It was, the goal was to just have fun. <laughs> that's really what it was. It was just an outlet and it turned into a full-time thing. And yeah, I'm super grateful for that. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Okay. So let's back up here for a second. So, okay. Prior to the pandemic, were you into social media? Like, were you pretty active on social? Not really. I feel like I was a, I would, I would like, I had like my personal Instagram and my, my personal TikTok, which are separate. I'd never posted on TikTok though, ever. Like I was just viewing TikToks, but actually like prior to prior to like this whole social media thing, I was really into fitness. <laughs> like I've always had like something that I've been a side hobby or a side hustle that I've been extremely into to the point where it was never a hobby. It would always become like a big thing for me. So like, even when I was in fitness, I was uh, towards the end of my fitness journey. I was training for like a powerlifting competition. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. So I was like, I feel like I always take like hobbies to the next step. Like even now, like, I feel like I have my job, I have my makeup and they're both doing so well. I'm like, what's my next challenge? And I'm actually about to run a half marathon <laughs> this Sunday. So that was something that I've been training for and a goal of mine for years now. And yeah, so I'm running the half marathon on Sunday. I'm always thinking like, what's next? What's next? Right. <laughs> I love to be challenged. Well, you know, and the beauty of what you're doing now is whatever you decide to do, you know how to utilize the social media to your benefit. So you could launch a different influencer type campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's get into this now. All right. So you started when I, I, I looked through your Instagram page and it looks like you started, if I'm not mistaken here, was it like around April 17th, April, sometime in April? Yes. Pretty, April, pretty active? Uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. So okay. Two years ago. What, and I, I, what I looked like your first post, there was about 6,000 views. So it probably was over time, people kind of going back and looking at things. So you had a lot of views. Yeah. Fast forward, it's just a tr it's truly amazing how you've built this up. So July 6th, I was just looking prior to this, you had a million four million four hundred thousand plus like your one of your posts. And then just to our pre-call, you told me just now that you've got two or three different videos that have got over 20 million views. Yes. Mm -hmm. How 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 did you do that? <laughs> Honestly, it's about capital. So my content, if you've noticed, is have kind of done a lot of changes, and I think that's what makes like me, I guess, different than a lot of other influencers, and also which kind of aligns me into being an entrepreneur. I've I definitely have a very entrepreneurial mindset, and this is why. So something that's helped me is. Like, yeah, you have to be consistent and never give up, but it's also about constantly changing up your content. Like, I'm not afraid to try something new and to see if it works. And if it flops, that's okay. I tried. Um, we're going to scrap that idea and try something new. I'm never, I've never been one to kind of uh, do the same thing over and over again and then expect a different result. Right. right. Because like if something is not working, then why would you keep repeating it? So if like that's kind of like the way I thought so when I first started, I was doing it. And, and I know not everything is about like um, like it wasn't for me about even about growing. But it, for me, it was about visibility. Right. I'm spending hours and hours on my makeup looks. I want people to see it. I want it to either inspire other people or I want to educate. Those are my two main goals. So my first the first thing when I sat down, like when I, whenever I think about the content I'm making, I think about like what who is this for and what 
what what is the purpose of this video going to serve to them? And my goal is to either inspire someone or to educate. Because at the end of the day, like I want this to, I want to make a positive impact on other people and help them in their lives. And the way I can do that is either by inspiring them or educating them. So that's my first goal. And when you kind of think about that from like, the, I guess the top down way of thinking in that, that sort of sense, that is what has really helped me figure out what to make, because I think that's the hardest part, like what kind of content to make. And secondly, also, I feel I've like, if you look at the very beginning of my profile, which it seems like you did, I did yeah. a lot more creative tutorials. So like there were a lot more really artistic makeup looks, which I still like to do. Those are really just fun for me. But I slowly, once I started building my following, I got a lot of questions like, Hey, we don't see many people of people who look like you. Can you help me with my foundation thing? I'm getting this problem, having this problem. Can you help me with this? And then I started replying to all these comments. And that's when I realized there is a, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of uh, beauty influencers or just in like influencers overall of that are who are people of color. And that's where I realized that is where I need to just target and hone in on. And I made that my goal this year of like rebranding. I rebranded myself as like brown girl makeup, like makeup looks for brown people, like feeling confident in your skin and like brown positivity and like uplifting the POC community. And that really resonated with a lot of people, especially people who felt unconfident or unrepresented. And I wanted to be that person to uplift them and help them. And once I kind of figured that was the like area to really focus on, that's when everything started taking off. So those 20 million views that I had recently received were videos about color theory. And color theory is something that will never go outdated. Like you experience color theory in every aspect of your life. And I was at a, it was it's so funny because the idea came to me when I was in LA on a trip with my friend who was a lot paler than me. Like she's like the fairest shade of like all the foundations. She's the most, she's the palest shade. And I'm somewhere in like the darker area. So we were, we got us the same lipstick and we swatched it on our hand. And I was like, wait, Jasmine, that's, that looks so different on you than it looks on me. This is going to be a great educational video. We should make this video. I didn't think much of it. I didn't know it would do super well. There was not an, it wasn't an intention to go viral, but it was an intention to educate. And I feel like where what sets me has set me apart from like other a lot of other creators is that my main goal is to help people i don't really care about the virality or the views i want visibility in order to make sure other people can either be inspired by my content or be or take something away positive from my content so you're authentic and yes. that, that that's it you've got to be authentic with whatever you're going to be doing if you want to try and grow views and people people will get that. And speaking of authentic too, the one thing that I really appreciate with what you do is you'll start off a video with no makeup on. Right. And, and so they see, they see you as you are. Yep. And, and no you, filter. No like, filter. And I, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I like specify that. And I, if you read through my comments, they're like, uh, thank you for using no filter. You're really validating me. And it, it's so funny because like social media, you can choose, you can, it can be what you make of it. Like you can be either super fake and people will be like, oh, I wish I was that. Or you could be the relatable person and be like, wow, you're making me feel comfortable in my own skin, you know? And that's my goal. Like I want my followers to feel confident in their own skin, whether would they have like skin problems or like whether I don't care how like dark their skin is, like they're still beautiful no matter what. So that was my, that's my goal. You know, and then you also touched on, so you, you mentioned POC, so that's people of color, correct? Mm -hmm. The acronym mm -hmm. for people of color. 
um, inspire, educate. So you had these foundations and that's sort of the engineer in you, right? Mm-hmm. This, this top-down theory that you just mentioned. Do you think being, you know, you're b- being trained as an engineer and we'll talk a little bit about you're currently doing that too, which I love what you're doing now, but does that, has that had, uh, was that a benefit for you? Most definitely. I think, I think what engineering taught me is, is kind of like that mindset where like, for example, like when I was coding, if my code's not running, I'm not going to re-implement the same exact code, right? I'm not going to just keep running it. I'm going to change the code. I need to fix the code. I need to change the algorithm. I need to look at it from a different perspective and then it'll, maybe it'll run, you know? And that's kind of like the same principle I apply to my, my, my page. Like if something's not working, if like, if like my content's not either not being pushed out or something's not resonating with my followers, I won't keep posting about it. And I think that's the biggest mistake. A lot of not mistake, but that is something a lot of people make on social media. They're not, they're too afraid to, to change, to mix things up. And I'm all about taking risks. Like, like I remember, I I still remember like, like last year I was only posting tutorials with music in the background. So like, I would never talk. You would not even hear my, no one even knew what my voice sounded like. And then this year, uh, since I made my shift towards like my current brand, I was like, I'm going to start talking more. I want people to really get to know me. I want to, I want them to know what my, like who I am too. And once I started really doing that, it was like also a way to connect with my audience. Like, I feel like they really appreciated it. And I was, it was really nerve wracking. Like when I first started posting videos of like me talking, like that's really uncomfortable <laughs> to hear yourself talk over and over and to post it on Instagram, like versus TikTok, TikTok on, in my opinion, there's a interesting, like, I guess, psychology between Instagram and TikTok. I've been talking on TikTok since I started, but moving from talking to talking on Instagram was really interesting because I feel like on Instagram, it's a little bit more people are watching you versus with TikTok. It's a little bit more, oh, that's, you could kind it's a little bit more, I guess, non-judgmental. So on Instagram, I feel a little bit more judged. And on TikTok, I feel like less judged. It's more of like a free way to keep posting content. So on Instagram, when I first started posting like these talking videos, I, I was, if it was nerve wracking also because all my friends have Instagram over TikTok um, cause there's a, there's a age difference between the two too. So that was different, but like overall it ended up, it ended up helping me. What is, what is the age? I'm just curious. The, um, the age difference between TikTok and Instagram, what are you finding? Y- younger, yeah, probably on TikTok, much younger. I'm on both. I, I actually use both pretty, pretty actively. Um, I post every day on TikTok and every day on Instagram, TikTok, I would say the age difference is a lot younger. So like, I will have followers who are like 12. Oh <laughs> they're wow! Like between, yeah, they're like twelve. To yeah, like, I would say thirty, really. And then Instagram, I would say it's more like condensed. It's like I know the people who are following me are between like eighteen and like twenty-five, for the most part, the majority. Do you share with them like your? Because I think I honestly think you're such a great role role model. Do you share with them that you're an engineer too? That you're 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 you work in both sides here, right? You're as a marketer, as a influencer. You got you know one side of the brain going. As an engineer, you definitely have another side going. Are you talking to young girls about that as well? I have not done as much like talking about that aspect. I need to. I'm slowly doing more and more. Like I like on the, I do feel a little bit shy to talk about my personal life or just like things going on outside of beauty, but I started posting more like get ready with me's and people have really started enjoying that on TikTok. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'm there yet with Instagram. I don't think that has been resonating 
with Instagram as much, but with TikTok, I do post a lot of like get ready with me's and then I'll talk about like my day or like I recently wanted some date or something like that. And people get super engaged and they love it. They're like, that's another way to connect with your audience, right? Yeah. So um, I've been doing that a little bit, a little bit more, but that is a little bit out of my comfort zone just because I try to keep, I like, I almost like kind of like the uh, separation between like separate lives. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Double life. Yeah. Right. Which is, yeah, that'd that'd be cool. But I just think, you know, again, just we're, we're kind of digressing here, but I, there's there's a need for for young girls, you know, to to go to college to get engineering. You know, we 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 need it. And I just think, man, you're you're so talented in so many levels. At some point, maybe in time, not maybe not now, mm-hmm. but are you? I'm also curious too, because I you'd mentioned, like you know, just hearing your voice, not your voice in particular, but I'm saying in general, when people start doing on camera, I've always been behind the scenes. I've been a you know producer in production, doing you know doing production shooting. Now I'm on the business development, you know, strategic partnership side with NBC. So it's it's completely different. I don't necessarily feel comfortable in front of the camera. And it's taken me, you know, 10 years to get used to my voice when I hear it back on playback, right? Do you find the same thing? I'm just curious because you, you know, you as an engineer, you're probably, you know, grown up raised, kind of thinking one way, and then you start exposing yourself. Was it very uncomfortable for you at, at the beginning? Oh yeah. At the beginning when I was first like talking, especially on TikTok, I was so uncomfortable. Like, so also for reference on TikTok, when I was first posting, it was all these like kind of silly transitions and like into make creative makeup looks. They're all very artistic makeup looks, which I still like to do. I think it's fun. But what happened was TikTok came to me and they were like, Hey, we're having a learn on TikTok creator program. We want you to be a part of it. We'll sponsor 50 videos and boost your videos but you have to talk (laughs) so that was the first time where i was like oh i've never (laughs) talked like none of my i mean i had i think i had like maybe thirty thousand on tiktok 30 or forty thousand on tiktok when when this was happening and when tiktok reached out to me i was like yes but also like i'm not sure if i'm the person for you because like i've never talked on camera but it was kind of like a good like push into push over the cliff moment (laughs) because uh I don't think if they had sponsored me and asked me to do that, I don't think I would be here right now. I, it definitely took me a long time to go get ready. Oh my God. I sometimes look at my like first original talking videos and I'm like, I look like a robot. It looks <laughs> terrible. Uh, I feel like it's a practice. It's definitely a practice. I feel like even now I'm like changing and I'm getting better. And like, I didn't even know it was a practice. Like when I was first, like, I thought it would just be like presenting. No, it's completely different game. Like, with TikTok and Instagram, it's about, you have to really show your personality. And that's really hard when you're, when you're talking over a camera because, and you don't have like body language, you only have like the face up. Right. So you have to, you have to express everything you want to say in an engaging matter without like body language, only with like facial expressions and your voice and, and your hands really, that is what, what I learned. And that was really tough because at first, like I was kind of like just doing presentation style. There wasn't really, and this is going to sound weird too, but I noticed, especially with TikTok and Instagram, like you also want to have a very engaging kind of um, expression. Like it can't just be like presentation style. You need, it needs to be very like engaging. engaging. So like, and probably conversational too. Like as if you're talking to somebody. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's hard when you're like, because it feels like you're talking yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. So th- that took a long time to learn. Even now I'm still like 
figuring it out. I feel like I'm always learning. That's, that's something I'm, I'm still always perfecting, you know, because it is, it was weird when they were first, like, we want you to post videos. I was like, Oh God, I have to talk. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be weird, but I'm really glad that happened. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. And that was probably one of the best things that, that like happened to me. That's awesome. That's so, so fantastic. So cover so a couple of things we just covered off on is a niche. So you, you've got a niche with, you know, helping people of color do makeup. Uh, you, you found that to be a tapped market for you, as, you know, and you, there's a lot of potential there as well. We talked about inspiring education, right? Top, top down. But you also talked about measurement and that being important. You touched on that, but that is something you sound like you do every single day. You just measure your videos and the ones that get the more reaction to, you kind of focus on that type of content, it sounds like. Yeah. So I posted one color theory video just for fun. I thought that would be my one. No. Oh my God. I posted like 15 now. And now I'm like known for being like the color theory girl. Like I went to Las Vegas for a beauty conference and three girls came up to me and they're like, you're the color theory girl. Thank you so much. Like you've helped us like, because it's a very validating, like basically the video was showing and it wasn't just color theory. So it was the video was showing how lipsticks, the same lipstick is going to look different depending upon your skin tone. And that sounds like such an obvious statement. Like if I were to wear a pink lipstick and a white person, like a very pale person where is going to wear the same lipstick, it's going to look so different. And that's because of a, a term called relative color and uh, color theory, color theory in relative, relative color in color theory. That's really like the, what it is. But until I pointed it out, no one noticed. It was just like a bunch of people of color, uh, POC is like having this problem where they would buy lipstick online where the models were, were, were really pale. And then a lot of uh, tanner people or people of color would buy the same lipstick, put it on, and they were like, wow, this looks ugly on me. And since I pointed that out, people, have, it was very validating. People, all, all my comments are like, oh my God, I face the same problem. It's, uh, it's so hard being brown. It's so hard being black. I have a weird undertone. This is why now I get it, why lipsticks may, don't look good on me. Like, I feel like I pointed out something that was obvious, but not obvious enough that people took, didn't, didn't take a good look at it until now, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And it's great. It's great. You want to want one inch wide, a mile deep, and you've you sort of now you're owning that and your your gosh, your views are reflective of that. I'm just noticing sort of on your Instagram page. So your your home, your main page is Glow by Monica, where you've got 135,000 followers. On TikTok, it's makeup by Monica, where you've got over 300,000 followers. And then you just it looks like you've got Monica's uh, Monica's makeup tips, which is which is is that just something you you started, but didn't really pursue because I didn't have as nearly as many views. Yeah. What happened? Okay. So that this is, that's an interesting story. So what happened was way back when I was sponsored by TikTok, I was posting all these like helpful tutorials of like, here are my makeup tips, like whatever it is. Those were the original sponsored learn on TikTok content. This is two years ago. Okay. And on Instagram, I was only posting creative looks. And this is also before reels. So now Instagram is definitely prioritizing educational content. Okay. And but back then Instagram was very different. It was very artistic. It was like uh, my educational content was not, and it was also very like, like you wanted to keep a very keep a keep a keep a uh, very common theme going on. And with I so I didn't really want to like change that because I I because I was only doing artistic content on Instagram. So I was like, oh, maybe let me make a separate Instagram where I could post like makeup tips. 
But then after that, it just got tiring to kind of constantly post, have two different accounts. Like I can't manage three accounts. No, sure. <laughs> so, was, so, so you kept uh, the two main ones then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just okay. haven't deleted my, I haven't deleted my other, uh, the other one, but I just have it, have, I just have it just for, I guess, fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't use it though. Great. Okay. So on LinkedIn, I would look, looked at your LinkedIn page. And so again, it's just for, for people, for our listeners to kind of learn how you do things, you know, maybe on their, on their own, whatever they're going to be focused on, you know, business-wise, much like we are, my cousin Rob and I are with Brand50, just kind of owning a market, owning a niche. You've got this down to the point now where on LinkedIn, I noticed that you've got, you know, one of your profiles is digital creator, social media influencer, and you listed Sephora, uh, Dior, a few other brands that you're working with. You're making a decent living off of this. I mean, it sounds like, because you, so it's, it's, you have it posted, so I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> anything that's private, but 15,000 for brands, that you're, for each individual brand. So you have turned this into a really, really good business. It's not 15K per brand, but it's like, at first when I was, when I was um, like last year, when I put it on my, earlier this year, it was about like at least 15 grand in like revenue from like just this business, which was insane. Now it's like, it's, it's scaled like three to four times more. So yeah, I, I have enough, like, I've definitely turned a side hustle into a full-time job. Um, this actually pays me more than my engineering degree, than my engineering job, um, which yeah. is nice, but I'm not doing, I don't do either of them for the money. I do it because it makes me happy. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And you live in a very expensive city, so you need to be making that kind of money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, San Francisco. <laughs> not, not cheap, but you are, man, it's just really, really quite impressive. Okay. So we segue into that now. So you've got, you're working for shop style. And the thing I love about what you're doing, it really kind of, it's what I'm doing. I have a full-time job. I love my job. I work for a great company. I feel as if what I'm doing with Brand 50 is sort of part of that. They're kind of one and the same because I, you know, talking to people like you helps improve my my speaking skills, although much work to be desired there. I, I've got room for growth, but because my job, I've got to do presentations and whatnot. So I feel like this, you know, talking to people really helps out, but it's also a passion of mine. That is what you've turned, you've created your own life and your own lifestyle based off of, you know, what you enjoy doing. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing with Shop Style Collective and how you're, now it's interesting, you've taken the engineering, you haven't walked away from the engineering, you're utilizing it, but to your benefit with something you enjoy. Share that with our listeners. Yeah, again, it was never for the money. Like I wanted to, I really excel in this space. And when this job kind of came to me, I was like a little unsure about it because I was, my original goal was to maybe start just completely taking off with my makeup content. But I know part of me would have really missed like the technical engineering aspect of it. And I'm also like a huge people's person. Like I love working with people. I love helping people. Like I, I like working on a team. I've always been like the team captain and all my sports leagues. I was the team captain. Like I love kind of being that like boss center figure. And so I had the opportunity to interview. I was like, this is perfect because it gives me flexibility. It ties directly in with my current influencer career. And they're also all extremely supportive. They love the fact that I'm an influencer and 
I feel like it's given me like a really good view and of like the entire industry because there's the industry is so big. And right now in the, in, in the, they call it the creator economy and the creator economy is just starting, which is amazing. They're pumping. I think brands pumped in like 11 billion billion dollars into Darn. the creator economy just this year, which is absolutely crazy. So we're just starting and I'm about to, I was like, I want to be in when it like booms. I'm already a part of like the influencer side of things, but I was like, I also would love to be on the business side of things too. Because the thing is with being an influencer, you never know where that job is going to take you in like 10, 15, 20 years. Right. So I was like, I think it'd be really awesome to also have like a business perspective of it too. What, what's, what's really going on behind the scenes. Right. So then that was my first goal. So when I first joined, that was my goal. And then my goal even got better because my current goal as a product manager at Trop Style Collective is to help our creators have the best campaigns experience. And no one's going to, I think, have that perspective other than me because I'm a creator who has worked on probably over a hundred different campaigns now those brands that I mentioned on Sephora, like um, on LinkedIn, uh, like Dior, Armani and everything, those are campaigns that I did with them. And so my whole goal at ShopSell Collective is to help other creators like me succeed even further. And which is awesome because now I get to help other creators and I get to help like everyday people. I kind of get both perspectives and it's crazy because since joining in March, I feel like it's helped me be a better influencer and being an influencer has has helped me be a better like product manager here. So it ties hand in hand. And I've uh, made a really good impact here as well, because I've been able to bring a perspective to shop style that no one has had. I think that's so awesome. I feel the same too. I think it's helped me on both sides as well. I, I think that's that's great. I just got a couple quick ones. I'll let you go because I know you got a busy day. What are the like top one or two things you would recommend for somebody like me and my cousin, Rob, who aren't really into social media? We've got you know fabulous content but we're not necessarily into promoting it. What would you say are the two top things you'd recommend for folks like us to grow our social media base? Yeah, I guess like the biggest thing is to really one, figure out like, it's kind of the same way entrepreneurs kind of start their own business. And that's kind of the way I think about it. Like you kind of look at like, okay, this market is so big, where can I succeed in? And what is my goal? Because the thing is when you have like an authentic goal, like I want to help someone, I want to inspire someone that in my opinion, like, and maybe this is just a very altruistic view that I have, but like that, in my opinion, is going to help a lot more than if you have the intention of, oh, I just want to quit my job and be an influencer, you know, because people can, people can see through the fakeness and being authentic, finding really that niche, like who is that niche and what are their problems? I think that's the other biggest thing. Like what problems do they face is the other biggest thing. And then curating videos specifically to answer those questions, if that makes sense. So like now you figure out like who, you know, who, then the question is like, what, like what content can I create to really resonate with that specific niche audience? And that's going to help. I think a lot more than that kind of strategy is going to work a lot better than if then just kind of like going at it, like, okay, here's the content I want to create. Let me going it from the bottom up, if that makes sense. Hundred percent. No, I think that's great. You identified this earlier too, but being consistent, right? Just, mm-hmm. just consistency. Should should people be posting every day, or is it over? I know you're doing it every day, but you've got twenty million, you know, vid, uh, views here. But for someone like me, or you know, people that are just starting out, what's what, what's your recommendation on consistency? Every day. Oh, really? Every day. I was I was posting when I first started. I was posting every single day. 
every single day. And, and honestly, like, like, and that's the thing, like, I did definitely quality over quantity. Like I'm not saying post garbage. I will say being super consistent helps because I feel like it, it also takes time for the algorithm to get to know you because the algorithm needs to figure out like who to push your content out to, especially mm. if you're just starting. Okay. So I, I actually, I would say now I don't have to post that frequently. Like I could probably post once a week and get away with it. I probably won't grow as fast, but my engagement will still be high. But if you're first starting and you're first growing, posting as frequently as possible is going to be really helpful because it'll also help a, it'll help figure the algorithm, figure out what your niche is because the algorithm is, is going to take its own time to get to know your content. And it'll also help you figure out what kind of content is going to work with the algorithm and your, your viewers too. But, and this also is going to help you with like, you could do a lot of trial and error, like, especially in the beginning. And when you don't have that many followers, like there's no such thing as mistakes. There's not, not I mean, there's not right. as many like people like, like watching you. Right. Like, or it's, you're less likely to make mistakes, if that makes right, sense. Right. Yeah. If you do make a mistake, nobody's watching anyway. <laughs> or very few. Yeah. People there's are. less. You can do a lot more <laughs> trial and error, like experiment. Yeah. Does the algorithm, if it, you're doing a video, does the algorithm able to sniff out what you're talking about in the video? Like, how does the algorithm just just broad overview? How how does it know what you're what you're talking about? It's usually hashtags and your caption. I think oh. sometimes I think they and the and the audio that you use. So I don't know if you're I don't know if you've used reels. But like the audio that they that they use is also something that they track. But definitely the caption and the hashtags are extremely important. So I think it comes down to a couple of things. It's like the content you post, I think matters. I think that I think Instagram also does like some sort of categorization where it's like, okay, we know this is a beauty content. We know this is a flower. We know this is a camel. You know, I think they do do sure. some sort of like machine learning matching. I think they, there is an aspect of that, but I think they also heavily rely on captions. So like what you put in your caption, the hashtags you use are extremely important using hashtags. People always make the mistake of using uh, hashtags with, that have a ton of videos. So like hashtag makeup is something I would never use because that has hundred million views and you're competing with all those other videos for the top spot. Mm. So you ideally want to use hashtags, which have uh, between 50,000 and 200,000 like videos. Okay. Good. Which is very, very like niche. I know. So like, for example, like yeah. I will use like, uh, for me, I will use like Brown girl makeup, like very specific hashtags work better in my opinion than like these larger general ones, like hashtag makeup, hashtag girl. Like I'm not going to use any of that. I'm going to use very specific hashtags more than like the larger ones. That helps a lot. I feel like that is going to do a lot better. That's awesome. Final question for you really is, do you see yourself developing a product at some point, like having your own product line of makeup? Everyone keeps asking me that. I think it's yeah. going to happen next year. Oh, um, right on. Okay. Yeah. That is my number one question. They're like, you seem to like have aced like the, like, yeah, it is, it, I think it's going to happen. I'm still like trying to figure out what I want to do and without spreading myself out too thin, I feel like yeah. I've been traveling a lot from my influencer stuff. So I haven't been able to really sit down and just think about it, but this year is my brainstorming kind of like what figuring out what the market needs, like also blowing up my accounts. So then not blowing up, but like really helping my building an authentic community. No, sure. So that way, like next year, when I release something, I will have an audience that will listen to me. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, you're what a what an amazing life you're creating for yourself. Now I know after, you know, speaking with you and meeting you at the Warrior Game and just getting to know you and chat with you. And now I know why your mom is so proud of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, awesome, Monica. I really appreciate you joining me. I'm going to, we'll, we'll have this podcast out probably in a few weeks and yeah, continued success. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm excited to see it. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening.